And thank you for joining us on the Podmore Get Better podcast. Today is August 19th, Sunday of 2018. I'm Will Sandstead, and happy to have back my co-host, Tony Johnson. Yeah, I was uh, on vacation for a week, and uh, I was traveling for work and then on vacation, so sorry we missed last week's podcast, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll get back into the swing of things and get back on the rhythm of every week. Uh, Sorry for not talking about Cumberland this last week. (laughs) I know all of you were trying to figure out all the shots all week because we didn't have a chance to tell you, but uh, hopefully you figured them out. I, I was able to play a little bit of Cumberland today. Uh, I enjoy the course just as much as I used to, uh, and we'll see if uh, I can enjoy this, this week's course as much as I enjoyed Cumberland today. Yeah, another uh, throwback coming back, obviously, uh, starting tonight at midnight. So excited for that. Uh, obviously, we'll start out with the news here. Uh, couple exciting things going on uh it since uh, our last podcast two weeks ago did release the course trailers so that's pretty exciting all five course trailers uh six hole previews yeah i i think uh you know six holes it's the first six holes of every course so you're not seeing a ton i think my impression we're not gonna i thought about going hole by hole but i you know <laughs> we'll do that when the courses are released or when the not beta beta version is released in a couple weeks uh three weeks i think so the actual course release is in five weeks yeah, and then but I think they're going to release some pre-releases to certain vendors three weeks from now. No, actually, uh, I believe Don Pescone commented on someone's Facebook post. Uh, people were starting to inquire about beta machines, and I think Adam said that they may be doing all the testing in-house. That that was the last I heard. Maybe you have some inside information. So here's I. I it got a little deeper than that. Ooh. So they're not calling it a beta oh, because goodness. it is a full release. But my understanding is that it's going to be released to certain vendors, kind of like the beta was, mm. but it's going to be the full release, and it's still going to be the two weeks before, just like the beta used to be. So, so be, it's the not beta beta. So, so it'll be Golden Tee 2019 version 1.0. Yeah. Not, not 0.1, yeah. 1.0. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I think if, if we have one near us within a couple hour driving distance, we'd We'd uh, definitely travel to that and do a podcast on the on the. We'll call it a pre-release. We won't call Heck it yeah. pre-release. Um, more on pre-release when we get to the sponsor. But uh, so <laughs> that's exciting. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, they released the course trailers this week, and you know, I think my impression from them was a couple of the courses Adam talked about. You know, the first three holes are all birdie holes. Yeah. Now I would I based on looking at them and looking at the distances of those holes I might disagree with them. Some of those that he said were like 410 yards and non-drivable. Yeah, and I would was, disagree with and that. And he was playing from the back boxes in some of those initial videos, so you can see that there was a uh, I, I want to say two of the five courses had boxes that would have put them even further. Yeah. For yeah, closer in and and you know, definitely a lot closer to drivable if not chippable or chushable. Yeah. Um but I guess the only one that stood out to me was Keddy Dryas, as the way that's the way Adam Kramer pronounced it the first time. <laughs> Keddy Dryas, <laughs> and then I don't know if he corrected himself or what, but then he said Keddy Dryas. I've been going Keddy Dryas the whole time, but as soon as I heard him say Keddy Dryas, I was like, oh, I, I still I just can't learned say something. It. But apparently he doesn't know how to pronounce it either. Okay, uh, so I feel better. I think we need a nickname for that course. Uh, Cat's the ass. Cat. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, Danny Beal Bell. Sorry, gosh. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening, we need a name. Yeah. Something not quite as generic as you're used to. Let's not call it lake. Not Let's canyon. Not call it grass. Not beach. 
Not beach would be ocean. Um, yeah, ocean. Uh, something a little bit more specific, but yeah. we're, we're counting on you, Danny, to come up with a better nickname than Caddy Dry A S. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so that course was pretty interesting. Some actually pretty difficult looking holes. The first Early six. On. Oh yeah. Uh, one of them that looked like they might actually require a bank shot a decent amount of the time through kind of a skinny canyon. Ugh. So, uh, so we'll see how that goes. I think that's gonna that's gonna be this year's, at least on first impressions, the the most difficult course. I I, uh, I would agree. Uh, who and, knows? And, but and, and, and on the flip side of that is that if you look at those, some of those were drivable par fours, which in theory could also make it the most scorable course as well. Yes, kind of like uh, what's a, a a very scorable like I kind of kind of like rattlesnake a little bit, not quite that yeah. scorable, but like difficult to get par, but par is really extremely low. Yeah, uh, thirty three a lot of times on the, in rattlesnake's case. Uh, the other courses, uh, you know, they were interesting. I, I watched the. Mm-hmm. trailers a couple times and and they were interesting but agave ranch i was i was actually surprised to see the um the par three or one of the par threes has the stadium style seating yeah i thought for sure that would be one of the last couple holes yeah, I thought it was, it was actually one of the first six yeah i thought now, it was going to be like a 17th hole so i don't know if they're going to do that for all the par threes on that course uh something be. that with the uh, <coughs> beta uh full release pre-release preview um what would be interesting to find out so i'm definitely looking forward to that other than that, we got uh, Beals Creek. I think that was kind of what we expected to see. Yeah. It's like a, I think uh, Adam described it as a high class Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Pembroke Lynx, deep bunkers like we expected. Adam mentioned that in the uh, in the preview. And then Sand Hill Woods. He, I think one of the things we speculated on Sand Hill was that it was a lot like, um, um, what's the not antelope. Oh, Winding Pines. There we go. Yeah. Got it. Uh, a lot like Winding Pines. Uh, he actually he actually mentioned that in the in the podcast. And and that one looks like uh, of any of the courses might be the zero hybrid kind of correct uh, course. So we'll see. Uh, again, we might get our pre-release, our not beta beta, in uh, three <laughs> weeks. So hopefully we'll uh, have one within reasonable dis- distance, and we'll get you a little bit of course preview work before the actual release. Yeah, that that'd be a fun little inside scoop there. Uh, Obviously, IT has been uh, really cool with letting us do the you know classic course of the week uh, kind of pre-release uh, previews again. You're, you're going to notice that pre-release and uh, post-release are going to be a big theme in this podcast. Uh, anyway, some other news this week. Uh, well, what else we got? I was out of town all week, so uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of on you here. Yeah, I, I, I did the homework this week. Uh, kind of shocking. I know you can't read my writing uh, with the notations here. Uh, they did release two putters this week. Uh, the axe kicker, I believe, last time, uh, last year, year before, we had the uh, kick axe, and now we have the axe kicker. I think it looked more like a little fireman. Seems axe. like a play on words. Well, yes, yes. Uh, they're they're always sneaky. I, I know you know. Uh, you can go on uh, to the GT Caddy app and you can buy your player smoking marijuana joint. And how much does it cost? Four dollars and twenty cents. Amazing. I mean, so they're uh, they're, they're definitely uh, trying to be innovative and uh, also having fun fun with the game. Uh, the second one was the balloon putter. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I, I I typically don't use any of the custom putters. I, I find it just kind of not messes with my mind, but I just don't like it. You know, playing since 2000, 2001, I'm used to the standard skinnies, straight up putter, boom, go. Yeah, I'm the same way. When I putt, I look at the screen. I don't look at the trackball, and so any little difference from what I've been doing for the last 18 years or however long it's been uh, is distracting. So I don't actually use the special putters. Uh, They must sell a lot of them, otherwise they wouldn't keep making them. So clearly there are people that like to use them. Um, I'm not one of them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's the direction you're seeing with a lot of other video games, not just Golden Tee, but the in-game purchases. Yep. You know, trying to get that incremental dollars, not just the upfront cost of initially firing up the game. <clears throat> um, another another piece of news, uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, you can go over to GoldenTeeTV.com, uh, Richard King's channel. He's he's always upping his game and looking to innovate and bring Golden Tee streaming to the next level. Uh, hopefully you've checked out that video. Basically... Uh, he put together their full edited version. It was Haas against Mouth. He had different camera angles and just, just a really well edited uh, video. So please check that out and support Richard King and GoldenTTV.com. We, and we failed to mention, so the so GoldenTT.com, mm-hmm. no TV, GoldenTT.com is where you'd find the, uh, the six-hole trailers of the other courses. Correct, correct. You'd find it on Facebook. You'd find it on on. Uh, on uh, Twitter, Twitter, YouTube, GoldenTea.com yeah. is going to be where you're, you're going to find it the easiest. Yeah, direct links to all those. So if you guys haven't seen them, check them out. They're uh, yep. they're great. It gives you a nice little preview. So Tony, now that you're back, uh, one of the things we're going to talk about as one of our regular scheduled segments is saving strokes. Yep. So a pretty exciting topic for the week. If you want to kind of lead into that and tell folks what we got going on. So this week, I uh, wanted to touch on something. I don't think we really touched on all that much. We we mentioned it every once in a while in passing, but it's the different uh, ball types. So I personally, all of us use build a ball at this point, or not all of us. A lot of us use build a ball, mm-hmm. but they're based on one of the quote-unquote regular golden tee uh, balls and and I happen to use almost exclusively grabbers uh, will you use razors razoids As, razoids I grabber graboids razoids um, streaks is another very common one um, stouts is another common one yeah. that some uh, a select few people use uh, Paul Taylor Lance, Lance Harris, Harris yeah. uh, South Carolina guy oh my goodness no, no. I'm, anyway. I'm losing my mind. Uh, but uh, so a few people use the stouts, and then a, a, a ball that I've played around with a little bit over the last year, specifically on Rhineland, was the uh, the spinnies. And so I want to talk a little bit about the reasons why you would use the different balls. Certain balls on certain <coughs> courses. Yeah. So grabbers, I like grabbers because uh, they're they have pretty good distance, not quite as much distance as the streaks, uh, but very good distance, and they maintain almost the same amount of spin as quote-unquote regular ball uh maybe ask you will you know i think that the razors and the grabbers are pretty similar so why do you use a razor as opposed to a grabber i i think i played around with uh grabbers for a little bit uh when folks were talking about them i'm like well if everyone else is using them i better use them as well and then i started playing with the the razors and i just felt like i i think they they check up a little more they backspin a little more and and I'm a thumber, so if I'm trying to dial something in, almost like on a money shot or a CTTP and then transferring that to an 18-hole play game, uh, where I can club up a little bit, hit a backspin shot, and use a nice easy thumb as opposed to thumbing it harder. Uh, I primarily thumb as opposed to palm on my approach shots unless I have a crazy side wind or whatnot. So we've, we've talked about lining up with the wind, sending in missiles. Uh, it's a great asset, at least to me, to try and line up with that wind where I can just have a nice easy thumb shot at it. Yeah, and I think my, my impression from watching you play sometimes and then also playing around with other types of balls, non-grabber, be it uh, streaks or, or the spinnies or, or razors, is that the grabbers don't bounce quite as high on the first bounce. 
And I specifically noticed that on Royal Dubai Hole One, it, it just you couldn't get that big bounce over the water when you're trying, trying to, to drive, drive the green. Gotcha. And and you'll notice it in other on other holes too. But that I think that's my biggest um, takeaway from the grabbers versus the others. Uh, there's some obvious differences uh, for the streaks. So specifically, I think this week's classic course of the week, there will definitely be some people playing streaks, and I actually probably will play streaks too. Um, there's a couple holes that are borderline drivable, and that those would be the type of courses that I would play streaks on instead of grabbers. Is if there was a, a specific hole or two in this case that that might be drivable, whereas if with the grabbers they might not be. Um, but the the big down the reason you wouldn't play streaks is because they don't spin as much, so mm -hmm. backspin. Uh, but if you don't have any greens that are severe downslope. So specifically, eighteen hole eighteen of this week's course is is an up green, and mm -hmm. so you don't have you're, you're not as worried about uh, not being able to hold the green on some of Check these late up, holes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good players that place that de default to streaks, and then if they can't play streaks, go to a different ball. I'm the opposite. I default to grabbers unless I feel like I can pick up some strokes by using streaks. Uh, but this week's course, I think that I'll probably be using streaks on. Um, the spinnies are, are a fun ball. Um, Break those down because I've never played with them. I know you're a homeowner, so I know you can experiment at home, which is transitioned into your live play, your prize play game sometimes for Rhineland. Yeah, so the spinnies, uh, specifically I was using them on Rhineland, and, and mainly because of hole one, but there was other holes that I felt like they were advantaged. So what you're getting with the spinnies is, is a lot more side-to-side -side cut which might sound like a negative, because if I'm trying to hit a straight shot and I impart a little accidental cut on there, um, then I might, it might cut more than I want. But the, the big advantage of the spinnies versus another ball is they're gonna hit any A1 or C3 is gonna go further. Take a big first bounce. And so hole one was a lot more drivable with the spinnies. Uh, now with the new, tea, the new round tee boxes from three months ago or four months ago, whatever yeah. it is, it, it doesn't quite matter as much, but uh, back in the original tee boxes for Rhineland, it did matter. And it was also helpful on the drivable par 5, hole like, 15 yep. on the backside. And then, and, but distance-wise, so the big disadvantage, uh, you know, you can get a lot more out of the A1s and C3s, so that's an advantage. The big disadvantage is you can't, they have like stock ball regular distance. So if I'm hitting a straight shot, they're going to go the same distance, basically the same distance as a stock ball which on Rhineland doesn't matter so much because there's no holes where you need long straight shots. Some of the other courses, uh, it is the case. Where, and so yeah. I think I'll be playing around, with, um, playing around with the spinnies early on in the 2019 courses to see if there are holes that would other, otherwise not be drivable. We talked about some of those early holes that Adam Kramer said weren't drivable. Yeah. And whether <laughs> having the spinny balls and getting an extra 10 or 15 yards out of a big A1 or C3 makes that hole drivable. Because then I'm definitely going to be using them. Unless there's some huge disadvantage along the way that would you know, negate using them. Yeah. Uh, the other balls, we talked about street, um, stouts. <clears throat> I don't personally use stouts. I've never even played around with them at all. I keep meaning to, and I yeah, never really either. get around to it. Uh, the big big thing there is they, they still go pretty far, not quite as far as grabbers, I don't think, but still pretty far. But also the wind. The wind is severely negated. So if I – we talked about the, the, the left click and the right click, a 10-mile-per-hour wind with a 9-iron. It's perfect, yeah. right? Click one left with a 10-mile-per-hour wind and a 9-iron, and you, if you hit it straight, it'll get back to – straight at the pin. Well, that's not the case with the stouts, so if you're playing stouts, don't listen to that. Yeah. Um, it, and I don't know exactly what the percentage is. In my head, it's like 
half of the wind is a you know that, that, that's what if I it's hear. It's a ten, then it's a five them. wind. So I don't know exactly because I haven't played around with them. But you know, it, it's worth uh, people playing around with. Clearly, some of the some really good players yeah, uh, use them, good. and so uh, it's worth a go. And then another ball that's there was a release this year that that <laughs> I played around with only at home because there's no reason, in my opinion, to play it for regular play is the Vanguard ball. And the the only thing of note for the Vanguard balls. Is I don't I don't know if it's a glitch or what it is, <laughs> but you can put you might notice Whammy have some monthly records for long putts, and my longest putt ever is two hundred and thirty feet or two hundred thirty two feet or something like that. Yeah, that that's just that's one almost more. as long as Luna's long drive. It, it, it is. It's just one more thing that Luna needs to up his game. Yeah, on. I probably have twice as long of an all time long putt as he does, but anyway, <laughs> they just putt really far. Like so, some of these greens uh, early on. You might have a really, really big green. So specifically, it was um, Mystic Hills Hole too. Okay. That green is like two hundred and thirty feet long. Yeah. Well, normally you'd max out at one hundred and thirty-five feet as your as your longest putt you could make, unless it's a downhill. Yeah. But in this case, they'll go like two hundred and thirty feet. Oh my gosh. Which has no real advantage other than to just have long putts. Yeah. If you're leaving yourself a two hundred and thirty foot putt, you should uh, probably uh, consider making some changes to your game. Yeah. And and actually. So something of they reacted differently on the green. It's it's not that they just putt further, but they it's almost like they have less friction on the green. And again, That's I don't know if this is a glitch or what, but like literally, if I'm if I'm chipping onto a a down ten, it's almost impossible to hold the green because it'll just it's almost like it's a frictionless no surface. Kidding. It'll just roll off the green, no matter how soft you hit it. It'll just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. So. Wow, so so Vanguard. So if any of you have a local bar contest, a local vendor contest yes. where there's a long putt record. Um, because obviously that's a stat that the machines can keep, and who knows, you might win, you know, a golden tee gift card, a flat screen TV. Um, but we talk about saving strokes and try to help folks get better. Well, that's one of the fun things about golden tee. You can play for prizes, you can play live play, you can play in bar contests, and so forth. So that's definitely an option there uh, if you have any of those contests come up. Buy a sleeve of Vanguards and get that long putt. Oh yeah, flat. Make sure it's a flat green. And actually, you don't want a 140 foot putt because you'll roll that over. Oh it really? Turbo right <laughs> So you don't, yeah, you want to be over 170 feet, otherwise so, it'll turbo. So over. what about like Cypress 17? That's a huge green. It's a down 10. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, very, very I'm trying large to, in green. my head, I'm trying to calculate how big that green is. <laughs> I might, I'll try that when I get home. Okay. I'll go check it out. It's it's tough, you know, it's it's late in the round. So when the, when it's like hole early in the round. So actually my, my longest putt ever is on Pine Coast Hole 3. That just oh, insanely yeah. big green. I mean, you can have putts of like 350 feet on that, and even the vanguards won't get there. Do they still break fairly normal? Yeah, yeah. Every everything they just go. The, they just they go. Just, yeah, it's like again, they're like frictionless on the green, <laughs> which is useless other than again for long putt records. So anyway, have some fun with those or don't. But uh, yeah, so that's the saving strokes, uh, and uh, play around with the balls again. A lot of <laughs> we'll be talking about that again in a second, uh, but uh, yeah, give the streaks a chance this week. Uh, I know I will be, and uh, have some fun. All right, so uh, you know, while I was on vacation, we got a few sponsorship offers. Yes, uh, and I was able to check my email. I got back into town yesterday, and it looks like we've got one that I think we want to move to the front of the list this Ooh. week. New sponsor uh, by the from the makers of Mountain Dew. Uh, a lot of us became familiar with it very recently. Yeah, new product. Via the Indianapolis tournament, a product called Gervais Juice. Oh, my gosh. So, Will, I know you also got the email. Ooh. So tell me a little bit about 
the benefits and why someone might want that Gervais juice? We got the email. They gave us the specs on this product. It is non-alcoholic and packed with protein. Gervais juice. I mean, that's big nowadays, right? The protein powder. Oh, my gosh. You know, you're exercising. You want to get the protein to build that lean muscle. Uh, so, huge. I mean, protein's huge these days. Um, you know, I, with a lot of energy drinks, I feel like, you know, I don't drink a lot of caffeine after, say, like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It just keeps me up at night. Yeah. Um, I think with this product, you don't have that benefit. You don't have that side effect, right? You know, yeah. You, anytime works. Yeah. Morning, noon, night. I mean, this is a product that oh. uh, whether you're just getting up in the morning, get some of that Gervais juice. All oh, that protein. Oh, God. Uh, you know, whether you're in the middle of a tournament, you need to take a quick break, Ooh. re-energize, get a little bit of that Gervais juice. Yeah, go up to the hotel room because once people know you're trying to get that Gervais juice, ooh, they're, they're going to want to wrap their hands around it. Yeah. So, yeah, so get your Gervais juice. Yeah, and then what? You know, even right before bed, right? Again, oh. I wouldn't drink coffee right before bed. No, but right. a little bit of those Gervais juice to get you into the mood oh. for some sleeping. Oh, shot of protein right down your throat. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh. Woo! I can't uh, wait to get build my that, hands around some Gervais juice. Build that lean muscle, man. Oh man, I would clench right around that. And just uh, make sure I got that shot right on my throat. That's, yeah, I mean you don't want to miss a drop, right? No, every no. drop matters. Oh my gosh, yeah, this is this is fantastic. I mean it's it's an in demand product. It is a new product, so you're going to have to slowly wait for this to come to the market you're in. Or the quickest way to get it is to go to a Power Events Golden Tea Tour tournament. Yep. And hopefully they're serving Gervais juice on tap. Get that protein shot in the morning to jumpstart your day. After a long day of playing golden tea, get that shot right down your throat right before bed. Yeah, it'll just it'll just make that slumber all the better. Oh my just gosh. push it right to sleep, and then you wake up in the morning, you hit that shit again. Oh yeah, your your mouth will be watering before and after. You might Getting, even dream about it. Yes. Oh, I, I'm I'm excited. I, so I can't, anyway, big I, I can't. thanks to Gervais for you know sponsor sort of sponsoring. You know he he yeah. lent his name to this product. Yeah, big thanks to makers of Mountain Dew. For yeah, creating it, this it's a great branding effort. And so, uh, you know, definitely, as as we go forward, power events, uh, events look for the, the Gervais juice on tap. Hopefully, uh, otherwise, uh, ask around to some uh, some Seven Elevens nearby and see if they've got that Gervais juice. Yep, they'll have that Gervais juice coming your way. All right, I think this is uh, everyone's favorite part of the podcast, as far as I can tell, from feedback received yep. via text message, email. We're going to jump into the classic course of the week. Uh, again, drum roll. Again, apologies again for missing out last week on Cumberland, but uh, this yeah. week's classic course of the week, uh, in, in my Golden Tea history, not my favorite course, but uh, I, played it, I played it with an invite today against Will, Yeah. Uh, and it's now one of my favorite courses, yeah. because I played quite well. Domination Station by Tony uh, Johnson. This week's course is Greek Hills. Woo! Throwback to 2014, so not a huge throwback, a relatively yeah. recent course. Uh, Coke, uh, what was it, Pearl Lagoon was uh, one year newer than this, and we had that three weeks ago or so. But again, Correct. Greek Hills, uh, set in, spoiler alert, Greece. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, it's a course that I mean, there's not a lot visually. It doesn't stand out for any particular no. reason. It's not coastal. It's not mountainous. It's, it's not Royal Dubai or right. Agave Ranch with night courses. But so, but there's some there's some tough holes. And like I said in the Saving Strokes, there are some holes that if you went to streaks, 
you might be able to get that much closer or perhaps even drive a hole. So yeah, and we'll, we'll, shift power we'll in your We'll talk phone. about those. And, and I think that, you know, as we go through this, I think sometimes I think we spend a little bit too, too much time talking about holes that are pretty plain Jane. Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to hear us talk about hole three, which is a par three. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we want to touch on the stuff that are going to potentially save you strokes or, or get you some hole outs or, or just things to, to make note of. Yeah, so as you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you pull up goldenteafan.com. Uh, Eric Nelson has a great breakdown every year of courses. He's got photos of every hole on every course. He's got hole-out videos and so forth. Yep. So it's, it's another great tool I know we've talked about before, but uh, great asset to the community here. Uh, so with Greek Hills, like Tony said, it's a 2014 release. Uh, I actually didn't play that much during this year. I wasn't uh, too thrilled with the lineup of courses. Uh, Greek Hills was paired that year with Highland Links, Pelican Grove, Shady Acres, and Turtle Island. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I played Turtle Island a lot. Um, that was a pretty boring, pretty straightforward course. And then I would opt to either Greek Hills or Highland. I absolutely hated Shady and I hated Pelican, probably because I, I didn't play well on them. I didn't mind Shady, but I absolutely hated Pelican. That's one of my least favorite courses ever. So, yeah. so Greek Hills, I would say, is about average for this 2014 release. Yeah. Not my favorite year of courses, but, you know, Greek Hills uh, has a couple things that are interesting about it but yeah right. definitely so let's hop in uh hole one again we're not gonna we're not gonna talk too much about some of these holes that are, are relatively normal not drivable yeah. uh the only thing worth noting here is there's some bunkers around that you might use to do the sand sniper uh, i tried to sand sniper will in our invite <laughs> it didn't work thank uh, goodness but that left hand bunker is a good spot and especially if the pin is tucked uh, you know, the, the green kind of wraps around to the right, so sometimes yep. you might have a tucked pin, and, and it gives you a better angle from over there. Nice. So worth, worth talking about there, the sand sniper. Uh, hole two, a, a, again, a, a non-drivable par four. You could probably get up if with a good setup relatively close, maybe within 40 or 50 yards of the green. The big thing here is you don't want to blast it too far down the fairway on the right-hand side because you might get in the way of some trees. So typically I'm just kind of popping it out there. Left hand, yeah. 310 yards, 320 yards on the left-hand side of the fairway. Club selection, yeah. So that you don't you don't get in the so you don't have trees in your way. Uh hole 3, uh one of those par 3s we talked about, not a lot to talk about. Take uh, your birdie, give take, it a run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a little break on the green, give it a run. Hope you ace it. You'll probably birdie it. <laughs> Uh, hole four, uh, I think this is the wor first one worth you know talking specifically about strategy. Agreed. Uh, par five. Um, back in, back in the Greek Hills original days, I was doing this was before build a bag, and so you have to kind of pick your poison on some of these club sets. And I was playing hawks almost exclusively, um, and I don't th I think I must have been playing grabbers. I don't think I was playing streaks at the time, but um, but here you don't want to there's you want to hit it out there about 310 yards. There's kind of a, a chunk of fairway um, out there about 300 to 350 yards. A secondary fairway, yeah. long fairway, yeah. And you don't, in my mind, I wanted to be on the, on the near side of that. Correct. Closer to me because there's some trees that if you're, it kind of slopes down. As The further you get down that fairway, it slopes down, and then you might not be able to get over a set of trees. Correct. Depending on where the pin is on the green. Um, but usually if you're far back in that, in that tee box or in that fairway, then you have a 250 or so yard shot and you don't have any tree trouble. Whereas if you hit it down there too far, you might have some tree trouble. Yeah, my, my standard play sounds very similar to yours where I wasn't trying to, you know, use use my driver and go as far as I could. And then now with, you know, tees being on this course, 
I'm not going to do a high T on this hole. I, I'm going to yeah, hit yeah. my, my driver. I'm just going to try to get just into that first part of that deep fairway. Yep. Um, to Tony's point, you're going to have a six wood, five wood, four wood that should be able to clear the trees since you're on a higher elevation than you are if you go and drive it 360 yards. Yeah, back with the hawk set, I mean, I had a five wood. But other than that, I didn't. I didn't have an eight wood. I didn't know seven wood or nine wood. Nope. I didn't have a four wood. So it had to be a five wood. It, it was other, target. It wasn't going to be a two hybrid because that wasn't going to get over the trees. And so it was a lot of five woods on that hole. We got a lot more options now. I do, at least with my build a bag. Uh, hole five, our first drivable part four. Uh, it's not a huge tee box, but actually, depending on where you are in the tee box, it can make it, and depending on the wind as well. Uh, can make it pretty difficult or not very difficult at all. Uh, I tend to use a lot of high tees on this hole just to kind of have it land soft and, and trickle. Yeah, good uh, size green here yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a, you know, kind of right around 300 yards, kind of 270 to 320 yards depending on where on the green. Um, but again, I'm, I'm usually high teeing, so you know, four wood or three wood or something like that. Um, not actually, I remember I, I used to have trouble with this hole a little bit more, probably because again I only had a, a five wood and a three wood, and I didn't have nearly as many options. Whereas nowadays I have you know, six wood, five wood, four wood, um, and I just have a lot more options. Uh, next up, hole six, a non-drivable par four. There are a lot of non-drivable par fours on this course. One of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but this one, again, back when I, when I was playing Hawks, um, a lot of times I was going almost directly at the green. Uh, not into the fairway, but more into the rough. Yeah. And because, because, again, I didn't... But if you go to the left, if you have an 8-wood and go to the left deep into the fairway, you're fine. But I didn't have an 8-wood back then, so I'm pretty used to going straight at that green and laying up in the, in the long grass and having like a 130 or so yard shot. Yeah, um, so short that's just iron. what I've gotten used to doing. Uh, there are some trees that just kind of get in your way depending on what part of the fairway you go here. Um, yeah. So I've, it's just the type of shot that I've always done. And, and again, we talk about sand sniper. Uh, you can do a, a little bit of the same thing with the rough, rough ranger, we'll call yep. it. Uh, same, same concept. Um, so hitting out of the rough and keeping a little bit lower out of the wind. Uh, hole seven is another one of those par threes that uh, isn't worth spending a ton of time on. Nope. Uh, left five green, perfectly round green. One of those we talked about a few weeks ago where Jim might have thought that he designed a whole <laughs> a, a course of 18, but that was actually only 17, so we threw in a quick one. Uh, next up, hole eight, par five. Uh, you've got some trees in your way here. And, and so I, I specifically looked at kind of my aim point when I was playing the invite uh, with Will earlier. And it, there's, a, there's a bunker on the opposite side of the fairway. And it's out there 340 or so yards. And, and if, you, if you line up your, your aim point right at that bunker and hit a big C3, then you're almost always good. And you'll end up having a 200 or so yard shot. And this should always, almost always be an eagle set up. Uh, yeah. As long as you can hit that C3 consistently or, and, and strongly, um, again, aim at that aim at that far bunker and hit a big C3, and you'll end up in a good spot. Yeah, winds are starting to pick up a little bit here since we are getting you know deeper into the course, um, but you're not going to have these crazy 16, 15-mile-an-hour winds where C3 is going to be your standard play, and then going in uh, should be a pretty, pretty yeah, easy Yeah, I think that, I mean, you could get just an absolutely terrible setup on this hole all the way back in the tee box, headwind, and maybe you might have to try something different, but it... In my mind, it's almost always a big C three, yeah. um, and you're going to clear clear the clear the short bunker and get it in the fairway for a reasonable second shot. 
Uh, hole nine is Ooh. a drivable par four. Uh, yeah, difficult that, hole, but yeah, it it, it, it looks feels like it's gotten easier. Yeah, it looks really straightforward. Tees obviously come into play here. This was uh, this was a hole where if I was on golden tee par, I birdied every birdie hole and eagled every eagle hole. I always seem to either overcut this, undercut it, not hit it hard enough, hit it too hard, and this one always seemed to get me. Uh, the pin always seems to be tucked uh, at the front right portion, which yep. is slightly blocked by a mountain. And you do have kind of a small margin for error. You have a uh, water long, uh, water a little bit to the right, and, and then you have a bunker. To the right. Yeah, and then you have a bunker, um, basically hole high and to the left, and then you have the mountain. So uh, it can cause a little chaos in your round. Um, and as much as I did play Turtle Island in Greek, um, this this hole seemed to have my number for some reason. Yeah, and I, I, I think this I can chalk this hole up to another one of those where, uh, the, as I have more options. Six wood, five wood, four wood, three wood, two ninety driver. Um, yeah. This hole's gotten a bit easier. Uh, I I think in today's round, our invite, I played a low, maybe a regular two ninety, and kind of bounced it through the bunker. And actually, I almost aced it. But uh, so I, I found myself bouncing through that short bunker uh, with a with a longer distance club. Interesting. Uh, but again, all those clubs have a lot more options than I used to have on this, where it was just a a two hybrid or a five wood. Um, yeah. So it, in my mind, it's gotten a little bit easier. Uh, but again, you've got that mountain in your way, so you got to wrap it around it a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an eagle hole, but it's it's not an easy eagle. It's the first I'd say difficult hole. Uh, get into the back nine. You've got a non-drivable par four, one of many again. Uh, in my in theory, I think you could probably get to the very deep fairway closer to the green. Not really a point to that. Um, I don't know. 70-yard yeah. shot really doesn't do much for me. No. So I'm always just going up into that uh, the deeper fairway. The, the fairway just past the bunker. Um, usually have a 200 to 230-yard shot from there. Yeah. Not too difficult. It's just a birdie hole. I mean, if you happen to hole it out, all the better. All right, here we go. Hole 11. Uh, this is where it starts to get fun. Tony kind of talked about uh, potentially using streaks and spinny balls kind of playing around having some options uh this hole is a par five but can actually set up to be drivable sometime i think we've had uh my goodness maybe it's a couple freaky fridays as well as um just some throwback dailies whether it was throwback thursdays uh where you can actually drive this on the green if not come up maybe a little short a little left or a little right and leave yourself a double eagle chip here yeah and or putt i mean a couple yeah. there's a couple videos on goldentfan.com of people driving the screen um with the spinny balls, I think it's possible. With the streaks, I think it's borderline possible. But with the grabbers, it's probably unless you just have an absolutely perfect setup, it's probably not going to be there. But you might leave yourself a chip. So you're going to need a lot of carry. But it's downhill, mm -hmm. and so with a big C3, high T, you're going to get a lot of carry with a tailwind, and you might be able to carry it 400 yards, which is probably about what you're going to need to carry it over the water, and leave yourself a chip for double eagle. So, or putt, yeah, like you said. Or putt, yeah, yeah it's, a, ideally, it's a fun hole. The uh, other way to play this, if you don't have that ideal setup, you're basically either going to go straight down the fairway, depending on wind dependent, or potentially turning left one, right one, and just hitting a huge A1 or a C3. Uh, potentially, you know, an opportunity for Paul Luna to get 467, but I think he might run out of fairway on this. Um, I don't think the fairway goes far enough. He probably maxes out at 466. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's a doozy there. But, uh... We'll, Maybe we'll next keep, week, Paul. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going after it and rooting for you, Paul. Uh, next up, hole 12. And actually, this is the second hole that I was referring to where having streaks might uh, make it drivable. 
Um, I think, again, with grabbers, you're going to need an absolutely perfect setup in order to get there. Uh, there's a very deep bunker right in front of the green that you need to carry. You're not going to be able to bounce through. Uh, it's possible with streaks, probably not impossible, but improbable with grabbers. Um, depending on the setup, you know, you might might even be able to go straight at it with a big tailwind with streaks. Um, definitely drivable with certain setups. And so again, this is these last two holes are probably why I'm gonna at least start out the week using streaks instead of grabbers. Yeah, if if you're able to flip one or two strokes and around on Greek, I mean, typically par is going to be 26 under, I believe, on yeah. Greek hills. And if you're able to give yourself an extra stroke based off your ball choice. Um, that, that's a huge factor. And I mean, get, get your Gervais juice, get your protein in you, because uh, you're, you're going to need some big hits to get these extra strokes here. Yeah, and and most of the time it's not going to be drivable. So in that case, I'm laying up in the, I'm purposely putting it in the bunk, the deep bunker, short, and it's it's like a, it's kind of like a sand sniper, but it's with a gap wedge. But it's 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 a shot you can just, for me, it's a gap wedge, but it's a shot you can put bite on, and it's going to roll down and give yourself a decent chance at hole out. Um, so that's usually my strategy Agreed. is to go in the bunker. Try to line up the wind as, as straight as possible. Um, you know, it's a pretty big bunker, so you've got a lot of options in terms of direction that you want to come in from. Good call. Uh, hole 13, par 3. Uh, again, not a lot to this one. Uh, I In my head, I'm always kind of playing safe on this hole. Agreed. There's some trouble around. It's a long enough hole that it's probably an unlikely hole out. So I'm not messing with it. I'm just playing yeah. safe and getting my birdie for the most part, unless it's just a, a really nice setup for a hole out. But yeah, as, as we're getting later in our round here, uh, they're starting to bring in some elevation at play, and they're also yep. bringing in higher winds. You have a bunker to the left, you have water to the right. Um, it's a decent sized green uh, for being kind of midway through on the back nine. But yeah, this uh, this is one of those that if you misjudge it, instead of having your standard, you know. 30 foot putt or less on a par three all of a sudden you might be looking at a 50 or 60 footer if you have a big headwind or a big tailwind and you don't play for the elevation uh, so you may have some high tee options or low tee options but the majority of the time i'm just going to try to throw this on uh, just get a medium range putt take my birdie and move on yep absolutely uh next up hole 14 drivable par four uh this this is the hole that used to give me the biggest problem um i think as we've gotten used to playing high tees and as i've gotten more woods in my bag um, I think this hole's gotten a little bit easier, but I, I, I feel like it's downhill. Again, the winds are up, so I feel like I, I just didn't judge the wind very well on this hole back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to kind of play a little bit of a C3 a lot of times around these trees. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I just didn't judge it all that well. As, as we've played this in now classic course of the week, but in invites or whatever, I feel like with more woods, it's a little bit easier, but... Again, it's most of the tea, most of the time for me. It's a high tee. Again, it's downhill, so if you've got a big right to left wind, you gotta make make sure you don't over overcook it and uh, end up in the water. Yeah, trouble to the left. I think under ideal setups, I think if you get back enough and right enough in the tee box, that you can actually go straight sometimes yep. with a tailwind. Uh, but that's that's certainly not the norm. You are gonna have to put a slight C and a slight three on your hit normally. Uh, next up, hole fifteen. Uh, par five. This is another one that used to give me trouble. Probably still does give me trouble, actually. Um, I I feel like there was a shot. There used to be a shot where you could kind of. There's a. It's a par five. You, you go kind of almost straight at the green, a little bit to the right, and then you've got a big, huge hill in front of you. Um, and there is a, especially with a tailwind, there is a way to play a bounce up over that hill and down onto the green. I don't remember what it was. 
I feel like it was a five wood with I, roll. I, I think it was a five wood, and I had very mixed success with it. Right. Um, but for the most part, you're going to want to lay out, you know, about 300 yards out into the fairway, and then you're going to end up playing kind of a big C two or three into the green. Huge green, so very a big. lot of time you're, you're going to be able to hit the green, but you might leave yourself with a, a long putt. And so this is probably the hole that I was off par on the most on this course. Uh, I probably parred this hole more than any other hole on this on this year's uh, on yeah, this course. But yeah, yeah. So sometimes it felt like your second shot, your approach into the green, either got out and got around the rock and either didn't come back and you stayed wet, you had bad distance, or you undercut it, hit the rock, and got wet as yeah, well. And, and sometimes almost, dry short. But And I almost remember, like, there were, in my mind, <coughs> there were me. setups where it was not, almost not even possible to get on into. Not, not impossible, but just... You, you look at the setup and it was a big left to right wind. You're like, well, I'm, I'm never going to curve this C cut enough to get back onto the green. Yeah. So I remember even laying up for, you know, making a birdie hole occasionally. Potentially getting shotties as well. Yep. Uh, next up, hole 16. For the most part, a non-drivable par 4. In theory, you can get it up near the green. Um, yeah. I used to purposely put it in the bunker. You, I was never on the green, but you could always, in a lot of cases, get in the bunker just short of the green. Now that I don't have a lob wedge in my bag, not a great option. <laughs> uh, gap wedge from that, it's a very deep bunker, is just not a good option. So I find myself almost always going out into the fairway. Yeah, I think during our invite today, I think it got down to 403, 404, um, had a decent wind. I did try a big uh, C3 at it, uh, hit a rock, it kind of bounced back, took, you know, T- took my uh, birdie and went on. Yeah, and, and in our invite, the pin was super close to that bunker. So again, if, if the pin was way in the back of the green and I was in that bunker with my gap wedge, it might work out. But with a pin that, that tucked against that bunker, it was just it was no chance I was going to be able to chip that in, so I just went in the fairway. Uh, hole 17, a par 3. I'd say an inter- interesting par 3. We had uh, I, I, I think of this hole a lot like Grand Savannah. Yep, I had uh, that notation as well. Uh, it's a it's a way easier version. <laughs> yeah, it, it's farther back from from the green. You're not going to have these thirty, forty, fifty yard shots into it. I think it typically ranges maybe like sixty to a hundred. I believe. Yeah, I think about somewhere that. around there. Yeah. So, so I think you have a little better club selection. Uh, Grand Savannah deeper. Yeah, Grand Savannah. Yeah, it's definitely bigger. It's not as narrow. It doesn't have you know kind of that goofy L shape to it like Savannah Seventeen, which is a great hole. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually. Uh, pretty tame for a golden tee hole number 17 for a par three yeah i mean uh, there can be some setups I, I mean specifically our setup today in our invite was not the easiest look i think no. i ended up turning like three times to the right and playing a big c3 nine iron but oh. uh or c2 nine iron but uh but for the most part it's going to be a manageable uh yeah. hole and uh you know most of the time it's going to be a birdie yeah, last hole, hole 18, uh, par 4. Uh, different tee boxes here. Yeah, uh, you've got two, and there's a big difference. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me of uh, the hole on Mayfield with the new tees. Uh, you can be absolutely blocked by the trees where you have to hit a really good shot into the screen, or they might give you kind of uh, the amateur tee where you're literally having a straight-in shot. It's, you know, Goodness, I want to say maybe ranges from 180 to 220 if you get the straight clean look. Uh, I did not have a three iron in my bag. Uh, I had to back cut and cut down a six wood, and I did jar it for an outstanding 23 against you. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I did not jar it, but I also did better than a 23. So uh, I won three dollars off of Will today. I shot oh. 
I shot 26, Will shot 23. Uh, again, we have the easy tee box here. Uh, not, it's quite an easy hole from there. Uh, most of the time, you're kind of tucked behind some trees, though. Yeah, I'd pr say probably 80%. Yeah, it's probably in the range. Um, and you might be trying to thread it through the trees, uh, whether it's a four wood or a low T five wood. Yeah. Uh, I've had a little bit of success with like a A1 eight wood, kind of over and around the trees that works occasionally. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, this is a tough hole. This is a tough closing hole from the hard tee box. From the easy tee box, it's an easy closing hole. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't find myself laying up on hole 18 that often. Um, but back in the day when I used to play Greek Hills at a decent clip, I, I intentionally, after hole 17, I would look where the leaderboard was at and see where would a birdie put me, where would an eagle put me, where would a par put me. And, and I would actually lay up on this hole a halfway decent amount of times, number one, because you're going to have a short iron into it. Um, you yep. can kind of set yourself up for the wind. And potentially if you need some shot points, they might not be big shot points because you are, you know, short range iron in. Um, but you might get a birdie, might get a shot points, and jump up a couple places in the leaderboard because people went for it and got wet. Yeah, and that's one of the, actually one of the things that's changed over the last year or so when you know, they, they changed how they did the leaderboards. Right? Yeah. It used to be that if someone had finished the round, you'd see whammy, you know, minus 25 through hole 18, and even though you were on hole 15. Well, now it's just whatever hole you finished is how far the leaderboard goes. And so you might not be able to do that as effectively, right? Because you might not know. Correct. That uh, so you know, uh, who eagle Eddie who G bogeyed, yeah. happened to stuff it for eagle or, yeah, or Eddie G dump it in the water. Money shot master. Uh, but so anyway, yeah. I, I actually, I I much prefer how they do the leaderboards now compared to what they did back then, which is kind of keep it live with the hole that you're on, uh, but not being able to do it as effectively now. Yeah, we've uh, actually just been slid a note under the door. And it's from Andy Fox, and it says, uh, who wants to suck this dick? So Andy Fox is in the house. Classy. Very classy. Yeah. Yeah. Great, uh, yeah, great, we, great to we, hear We didn't mention Andy. we were at the Banger Bunker. Fox yeah. Den. Uh, it's got a lot of names. But uh, Andy Fox has a He didn't. Yeah, he even threw a question mark on there just to make sure we knew it was a question. Who wants to suck this dick? Uh, so thanks, Andy. Uh, yeah. Not me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll perhaps pass. Some sponsor opportunities in the future. Uh, yeah. Not you know, but uh, yeah. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. Uh, so anyway, we've wrapped up our uh, Greek Hills preview. Minus twenty six is par for the most part. Again, we talked about the couple holes where that might tweak a little bit. Uh, but again, uh, minus twenty six is par, and there's really only I'd say four holes that might uh, that are I'd say difficult ish. Yeah. And that might uh, might hurt you round. So for kind of the newer players or the mid range players, I know we talked during saving strokes about ball selection. So if you were a newer player or a mid-range player, what would you defer to in terms of ball selection on this? Because to your point earlier, we don't have that much elevation change. We do have a couple holes where you have trouble where streaks could potentially you know, roll off or whatnot, but I, I don't think they're that bad of an option here. I can't think of any down green. Like, like literally, I'm trying to think back through all the holes, where you're approaching the green and it's a down green. I, I think the only one oh, is... Uh, the drivable hole 12, right? Yeah. The, the I, drivable par 4, semi-drivable par 4 is a down green. Yeah, the one you talked about. The... Where you could lay into the bunker and have a Correct, gap wedge, yeah. but that's not going to be a problem. And and so usually that's that's the thing that's going to ruin a, a course in terms of being a street course is if you, like, hole... I, I know some people use streaks on, um, on uh, Rhineland. Mm -hmm. I don't. 
Um, but I, I specifically don't because hole 18, in my mind, would suck with streaks because it's a down nine green and it's just tough to hold. Yeah. Um, and so that's the type of hole that kind of ruins uh, a course for me in terms of being a street course or a, a grabber course. And, and I don't see any holes like that here. And the benefit of having those two holes that are borderline drivable. With again, the extra distance with the extra from the streaks. Distance, distance from the streaks. Again, I'm going to start the week with streaks. I, I can't imagine a scenario where I'm going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm totally screwed with these streaks. And so I think I'll probably stick with them all week. Good deal. Yeah, t- take that to heart. Newer players, mid-range players, and even the pros, you know, give them a try. I know Tony said he might try out a couple different balls this week on Greek Hills, but uh looks like this could be the week for streaks, so definitely give them a shot. Yep. All right, so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We're just going to close it out by reminding everyone, upcoming tournaments, we have uh, Cincinnati coming up next weekend. Uh, pretty exciting. Four days from now. Yeah, the, uh, the sign-up list, uh, I saw the Facebook posting. Uh, it's also on the Power Events uh, Golden Tee Golf Tour PEGT uh, website. And it looks like right now they got around 100 sign-ups, so I'm, I'm hoping it hangs nice. right there. Uh, last year, Paul Anthony Luna won it, uh, hitting big 467-yard drives. And Mark Stenmark won it the year before that, so that's that's pretty exciting. And to my knowledge, still no Andy Haas. Ooh, I yes. haven't heard otherwise. I also I haven't been on Facebook this mu- that much, so I haven't seen <laughs> whether uh, whether Steve Sobel has has announced that Andy will be there or not. But to my knowledge, still no Andy Haas at the he, Cincinnati. He, he can be sneaky. He's uh, he, he's got his AirPods in at the last tournament at the Indy tournament, had him uh, pointing up instead down. But I think technically, if you read the handbook. I believe that's how they're supposed to go. Is actually pointed up, if I recall right. Uh, he, he that swears, guy knows his shit. Yeah, he he does. Andy executes well. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Just make sure to uh, follow us on uh, the iTunes site, uh, the Podmore Get Better podcast, and of course a shout out to GoldenTea.com, letting us bring you that classic course of the week preview. Yep. Uh, GoldenTeaTV.com by Richard King. Uh, if you can help with a donation, if you can help by buying a T-shirt, uh, you can tell he's trying to up his game. He's getting multiple cameras in. He's putting in who knows how many hours, going to these tournaments, footing his own bill. And then after these tournaments where everyone else goes back to work and goes back to their normal life, he's sitting down editing hours and hours and, of footage. And he's going to tournaments that we don't even talk about sometimes. Like, yeah. There'll be like a local tournament in, in Washington or in Virginia. And yeah. he'll be like, yeah, I'm going to that one. I'll set up a you know live stream and... Like these are tournaments we don't even talk about, you know. So he's super plugged in. Get, he's traveling all over, getting to these tournaments, and and so any support you can give to him, uh, whether that's via a follow on YouTube or a straight up donation, uh, donate to him before you donate to Will and I. Yeah, mo- most definitely. He he's got the gear. He's leading the charge much more than we are. And lastly, uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure to go to Golden Tea Fan. Just search Golden Tea Fan. Three words on Facebook. Currently around three thousand three hundred. Uh, followers of that page great for news notes uh, Luna's amazing memes uh, always great on there there was actually a picture of Luna shirtless the other day it's uh, it's amazing I think he was I missed that for... while I was on vacation oh yeah he, he, you could see his mouth was open he was looking for that Gervais juice and with his shirt off I'm guessing he he was probably going to get it it was only a matter of time yeah yeah, so, so thanks. Please uh, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and rate us on the Podmore Get Better podcast. All Thank right. you. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys.